For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. The NFL playoffs are here, and what a wild season it's been to this point. I uh, caught that Chargers game Sunday night. Uh, unbelievable. I can't remember the last time I've seen a regular season game where I was on the edge of my seat. But um, as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all NFL and college football action. Uh, with a new website and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website betonline.ag. Or use your phone to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports. Episode 62 of the podcast welcomes Coach Mike Schmidt, special teams coordinator and wide receiver and tight ends coach for Rippon College. Schmidt is entering his 16th year at Rippon. Mike, it is an honor to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful, Dan. Thank you for having me on. Uh, looking forward to chatting about some special teams in fourth down. Amen. You know, it's been a pleasure to connect with you. Um, we've met uh, on, on Zoom. Actually, I've never met you in person. And we've had several meaningful discussions on Zoom. Some things related to football, some things related to life, some things both. Um, specifically though, what, where I've grown with you is fourth down and where I'm going to continue to focus with you is you have a passion for it. Just like I do, we may see it differently. We may coach different things in fourth down, but I think that we complement each other. Well, um, I asked you to come on the show to share some of these important topics uh, that we've discussed in previous conversations. What stood out to me and, um, after speaking with you in pre-recording, I'd like to start with ACT, an acronym. It's ACT like a champion. Uh, could you explain this acronym and what it means to you? I sure can, Dan. And uh, where the ACT like a champion came from was uh, it, it comes from my philosophy of, of recruiting. Uh, and at Ripon College, which is in East Central Wisconsin, uh, we look at our academics and we have a very strong academic program here. And our student athletes, we, they have to be academically accepted to be offered. Um, so A stands for academics. They have to have the academics and be doing the job in the classroom in order for uh, us to, to take a look at them. And then uh, they, the big thing is the character. How do they handle themselves on and off the field? Are they, are they a person? that uh, will represent our, our school, our program, and uh, us as coaches the way, and themselves and their families the way we want them to, to be representative of. Um, the T stands for talent. 
And that's uh, the guys who can put uh, put all in the work, do the grind, uh, especially with specialists, um, taking the time and the effort to go through the detail and go through the training and go through uh, getting themselves out there and making themselves better each and every day. Um, I know a lot of people talk about 1% better and, and what have you, but uh, the bottom line is just getting better every day and acting like a champion simply means that they're going to get it all done and get themselves uh, prepared for the next 40 years, not just the next four. Yeah, I was reading an interesting article the other day, and they were talking about, you know, the various levels of college football and how many schools are in each level and how it almost gets bigger as it gets lower in level. But still, in doing all of that math, how very few people get to play on Saturdays, regardless of the level, compared to how many kids play in high school. To me, it's surprising. It's almost alarming that some of these kids feel entitled to play at certain levels. Everyone's goal is FBS, you know, hopefully a power five. But I think that kids feel that, well, as I trickle down or go to a, the next level lower, I'm, I'm more entitled to that. level. You know, I, I could play there, but it's, that's not the end game. And what I'm getting at is I think at every level, regardless of level, um, I'm realizing more and more with, with the competitive uh, at the youth level of competition the, and, and how, how well these kids are coached and specialization that's occurring now, I think you almost have to be flawless, not only in whatever it is you offer in the football field, but then it becomes who's who's the best human being off of the field because we have to, we only allowed to take so many people. Well, let me, let me make a, a note here about that. Uh, you were talking about the numbers and uh, D3 is at like 239 institutions that uh, support football compared to, well, uh, D1 FBS is at 120. Uh, so it's like, you know, and then you've got your FCS schools and your division two, and then us at division three. But the biggest thing I'd like to say to the kids out there and the parents out there, if you perform, they'll find you. I mean, there are a number of uh, lower level kids that are specialists, long snappers, punters, kickers, holders that get that opportunity, even at the lower level. They may have to go through a few more hoops to get there, but they can still get there. Absolutely. I think that and I say that I say that all the time, actually, is. If there is a favorable position to be in in football, it's be a specialist because um, they can't really evaluate you on the opponent because you are you are your opponent. You either make the kick or you don't. Right. Um, a 46 yard left hash and 10 yard you know, left to right conditions is the same regardless of level. Now, do you get a little more pressure off the edge if they want to bring it? Maybe. Perhaps. I don't you know, I, I still think that they can evaluate you much easier regardless of level if you're a kicker, punter, or a snapper because it's such a precise thing you do. It's a, it's such a like an isolated skill set, right? We have to have you do well to have the other 10 do well, right? So I, I love what you said. Um, I, I don't think it matters where you go, especially with specialists, uh, if you want to get seen. So there, there's another acronym that's easy to remember. It's ACE, 
ace mindset. Yep. Um, mindset is, is something that, that's recurring on the show. We talk about this often. Uh, I'm curious to learn more about ACE, the acronym, and I purposefully asked you not to tell me what this one meant, but um, I think this is definitely going to be relatable to the specialists and the athletes who listen to this in general. Could you elaborate on ACE and what it means? Sure, Ken. Uh, I actually, uh, (laughs) this one goes back to when I was uh, uh, teaching high school health, and I just, I was like, what do we really want these kids to, to come out of here with? And, and it came down to attitude, attitude, choices, and effort. And uh, so the A, the positive attitude, um, and like with a specialist, you're not going to hit it right every single time. You can, and the conditions might make it difficult, but do you have a positive attitude not necessarily, oh, I, I'll get, you know, that non-negative type of attitude, but I call it a positive attitude where you're looking for a way to, to push through it and get through it and keep grinding and keep doing the little things with that attitude level that keeps us getting better each and every day. Um, that, to me, leads into the next one, which is your choices that you make. Um, for some kids, it's easier to hang in bed than get up early before school and go out and get some kicks in. Um, especially not, not around here right now, because it's uh, pretty chilly outside and there's <laughs> snow on the ground, but, uh, you know, there's, there's places that you can go and things that you can do to, to do get better. Um, but the big thing is making the best choices you can make. And that means whether it's, on the field or off the field? Do I, do I show my emotions negatively or do I show them where I'm under control and I've got this and I can, and you watch whether it's NFL college, you know, you look at that national championship game the other night, there, there was a way, there were waves of emotion, but the choices that guys made to hold themselves accountable and to do the right thing, those are the little things that we as coaches take into account and look at when we're, when we're evaluating our kids, um, the kids that we have in program right now, who are the guys that really do have that positive attitude and are making the best choices to work and get better and do the little things that we need them to do to get ready for our next season this fall and for our spring practices. So those are little things that make a difference, but the choices uh, that we make, and then of course the effort, are we putting in the effort? Are we, are we focusing our effort at getting better? It's not just doing it. It's putting in the effort to be the best that we can be. And if we do those things, no matter whether it's on the field or off the field, we're going to handle life's daily challenges and make th- make sure that uh, the person that people see is the per- is the person that we are, and that we want to be each and every day when we wake up in the morning and when we put our head on the pillow at night. You know, that to say, I did my very best today, and I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my very best today. Yeah, this this acronym ACE, which is 
attitude choices and effort, uh, they, they, they're all, they all need one another. And I want to give you an example where my mind went with this is sleep. And I, I can tell my athletes who make good choices, you know, the night prior to working out with me and, and the choices they make, put what they put in their body that day, all the, and, and then, and then it turns into the effort on the field. Well, are they well, few, are they well, are they well rested? Right. Mm-hmm. All, all these things, this attitude, right. And, and, and typically the kids that are, very volatile, like up and down and erratic with their behaviors. Those are the kids that weren't sleeping. So, so it's your attitude, your choices, your, your, all these things, this effort, these, these complement one another, you know, and they need each other and they feed off each other. And if you don't have one, it typically affects the others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think sleep is a good analogy to apply to ACE. Um, and I, it's just very apparent. I think some of my specialists feel that well, I'm not doing as much cardiovascular work as a running back per se. So maybe I don't need to as much sleep. I just got to be out there a few times. I just need to execute. But what they don't realize it's how much of this is mental, mm-hmm. right? And physical and everything, right? And, and, and they work together or they don't. Um, so there, there's their disconnects, right? Well, take a, look, take a look at the specialist and the routines that they have to go to you know, their, their pre-routine, their practice routine, uh, pre-game warm-up routine, all of that stuff drains the bo- drains on the body. And if they don't have a full battery from, like you said, sleep. And part of that was, you know, when I said it, it came from my health class, a lot of that was, uh, you know, choices that we make with sleep, pick, getting the right environment to sleep. So many kids sleep with their cell phone. And it, it's, it's not a good situation. You need to have quality sleep, like you said, to, and the nutrition, uh, you know, the, the, the things that I, we see athletes putting into their bodies to try to give them energy, you know, these energy drinks and stuff that just, you know, uh, just bothers me to see guys taking those poor choices whereas other kids they made great choices and it, it it really shows when they hit the weight room and they're making strides or they're hit they're improving their flexibility and especially with specialists that flexibility issue taking the time to have that good nutrition and the good sleep and and a, a good pre-routine with their flexing and things like that those are little things that makes such a, such a difference with uh, how well they do on a daily basis. Agreed. And I, I always say the best specialists have a process. It's a process that's continually refined, right? Uh, don't be married to a process, especially if you feel that you're, you're plateauing, if you will, or, or maybe even going in the opposite direction. But um, we, you know, we've, we've talked about field training a little bit. We haven't really touched on weight training. We haven't really touched on the self-reflection, but we have talked about rest and recovery. Um, I also think the prioritization of off-field activities is vital. You know, you've mentioned that about choices, but when you hear the phrase be an athlete, not a specialist, um, what, 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 what does that mean to you, that expression? Okay. Well, uh, when I, I talk about being an athlete, not a specialist is uh, the kid is you got to be an athlete first. The kid has to be able to do the little things uh, with their. Um, well, for example, a punter 
punts the ball down the field, flips the field. Sometimes there's a leakage in the net, and they got to be an athlete, and they got to be able to get that guy to the ground. Or a kicker, got to be able to get that guy on the ground or run him, force him to the sideline and out of bounds no matter what. I was a sideline guy, and- yeah. I, I, I'm, I, made, <laughs> I made sure to make him pick one way. I didn't want to have him come at me with two options. That, that usually didn't work out too well, right? Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. Right. But a lot of kids, you know, they're like, well, I'm a kicker. Well, what else do you do? Well, I just kick. I'm like, do you play a winter sport? Do you play a spring sport? Well, I'm usually working on my kicking. Part of that not be an athlete is it allows your muscles to grow continuously versus having a specialized set of muscles worked over and over and over. Because that leads to muscle fatigue and muscle burnout. And the other thing is when you're playing another sport or you're doing something else, it helps you continue to grow as a team member because you're working with other kids. You're learning another system. You're learning to do other things. And it make, I think it makes a more well-rounded individual. And the the more you get different influences, you can pick the good influences. You can pick the bad influences and say, this bad influence, I'm going to stay away from. These are the things that I like. I'm going to continue to work on those and make those choices to to do the, the best things that you can do for yourself. So, I mean, when I see, when I'm out recruiting or looking at kids, one of the questions I ask them is, what are your hobbies and what what are the what other sports are you involved in? And if a kid talks about their they like to go out and fish or or swim or do other things and, and they like they're involved with uh, basketball or wrestling in the winter or they're in track. Those are the types of kids or baseball. Those are the types of kids that we like to look at because we know that they're athletic and they're going to help us uh, with our, with our program. I love what you said. I think that it's all about balance, right? I think that the body, it craves certain things. So for example, if a right-handed pitcher, I would say is like a right-handed kicker. I think that there's an overemphasis on one extremity of your body that you almost have to find something like an outlet, if you will. Like I think swimming is a great low stress activity, even though it does stress the body, you're not inclined to get hurt as much. It's just very, very hard to do. I think wrestling is wonderful. I think the jumping events in track or the shorter events in track are really good for punters and kickers. Fast twitch, right? I think mm-hmm. soccer soccer's wonderful because it's five and 10 yard sprints. I got to be first to the ball. Basketball is wonderful. All these things I think are wonderful and I think they should be played and while you're young, do it. And as you get closer to 18, when you have to make that decision and become specialized in whatever it is God allowed you to be great at, um, then you have to make those tough decisions to hang things up. But I think until then, play as many things as you can because you can bring those other experiences, comma sports, in to football, especially kicking and punting and snapping. Um, I think it is the ones who are specialized at 14 that only do those things. They get, they're the ones that get chronic injuries at 20 years old, right? I, Whether it be, I agree. yeah, adductor, groin, 
IT band, hip flexor, name it. These are all injuries that are, are a result of overusing a very, very specific, aggressive movement. And being, uh, well, I coached high school football for 20, 20 plus, basketball for 25 plus, and baseball for 30 plus. I, I was involved with all of those, along with coaching part-time at the college level. The amount, number of kids that I saw having issues that were specializing, it just bothered me because the kids who were playing year round and playing different sports, they weren't having those nagging injuries. Yeah, every once in a while somebody got hurt, but they had a more balanced uh, muscular system, musculoskeletal system that allowed them to run faster, jump higher, and do the little things the right way. Um, and it, it helped them in their playing time. And uh, so, yeah, it's been, that's a, that's a huge part to me is that, you know, you got you to gotta find your strengths and you got to find your challenges in life. And if, you've got, if you're strong here, but you're challenged here, how can you take what, what your strengths are and improve the challenges that you have, you know, what you're struggling at. Though, you know, a lot of people talk about weaknesses. I call them challenges, but that's just me. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to move on to another thing we discussed. Uh, last week you spoke and mentioned about focusing on three R's of training. Um, would, you, would you mind sharing these three very important R's? Well, uh these again are transcending uh, from my years of experience and that's rigor, relevance, and relationships. Uh, holding yourself and others to high expectations, that's the R. And, you know, um, for example, I'll take specialists. You know, the kicker wants to kick, the punter, want, the punter wants to punt. But the biggest thing is being someone who goes out there and the sticks are nice, but if you can get and drag your buddy out, that's your, your long snapper, if you're the punter, and have him give to work full ops, and he's getting better, you're getting better, you're holding him accountable and, and dragging him out there to, to work with you to help you get better, you're helping him get better. And that those are the that's that rigor, that high expectations for yourself and for others and and not not accepting less than what you're capable of and not accepting less than they're capable of and of course getting that holder in there too for that kicker because that is that is a crucial part you look at the nfl and colleges that are struggling these days and a lot of times it, it focuses on the kicker but there's a lot of variables that go in there that if they're not all working together it can cause a lot of a lot of problems on fourth down. The the relevance is, and this is something that I'll tell you what, from talking to you over these times, you get the idea of relevance. It's the why. Why do we do this? Why do we do this this way? Why do we take time off? Uh, you know, I, I deal with this at our level um, because. Like you said, I'm a wide receiver and tight end coach. 
as well as the special teams coordinator. So, you know, I've got guys that are kickers and punters that are off uh, on the side. I give them a script of what I want them to do. And they are responsible to, to be working on that stuff. And then I also have the, the non-kicking stuff within that that I want them to work on. And a lot of times they'll say, well, why, why do you have us do that? Or I'll say, are you working on that? And I'm like, why? And I'm like, because this is important for you to take this time, not just keep kicking and kicking, but do the one step, do the, do the uh, no ball drills, do, do the flexibility stuff, take, go through all of the stuff that you are supposed to be doing during this script. And here's why you're supposed to do that so that you're preparing your body, taking care of your body and being ready to go for the next part of the special team segments where we're on the field. And last but not least, then, is the relationships, building, uh, building relationships with your teammates while you're working out and training and finding, finding a training buddy that when it's hard for you to get your butt out of bed in the morning and go go get that AM lift, or you've had a bad day at school and you, you're supposed to lift right after school, having somebody that can that can be your your push buddy, or you're the push buddy for somebody else to get out there and, and get the training done. But rigor relevance and relationships, and then building a relationship uh with your strength and conditioning coach or your coach in general uh, so that you guys are on the same page and understand each other and what you're doing. That's, that's what the three R's to me mean, uh, Dan. So it takes me to the field today. I had a field session with Dylan Barnes. He was a former UCF kicker. He's currently with the predators, but he's trying, he's making his way to the USFL. It looks like, right. And we needed an evaluation film for a guy out in San Diego. And uh, Andrew Osteen is a UCF punter, and he came over today simply to give him a simulated snap hold. We didn't have a, a snapper that fell through. Um, he had obligations today, but um, he drove an hour and 15 minutes to, to, to some podunk field with me and this free agent just to give a little snap boom simulation. And then we implemented, hey, let's do a quarter out where you have to adjust laces so he sees that. So we did quarter in, quarter out. We did 180 turns where the ball was, you know, facing the kicker, the laces, I should say. Um, so it gave Dylan a good sample size of like all sorts of things thrown at him. We also intentionally, and we said it on the camera, this is going to be a spot off, off the spot an inch forward, right? Um, inch back. But he didn't change his form because you can't do that, right? Um, but just to show that he can, he can swing through with his swing, in his process and still um, make kicks uh, with differing variables. And I think that is a purpose. That is a why, but my point is this and where, what I love about what you said about the three R's is it goes further. Um, I think you all should also should differentiate training. I think the monotony, you know, if we, if we every Wednesday have 10 kickoffs, five on sides, water break, you, if you know your routine that well, you should not be married to that. You're not going to go out there with a passion. You're not going to go out there with a why. You know, you're not going to go out there with effort. All these acronyms kind of, I can just bring them all together right now. Um, your attitude will stink. You're kind of going to go through half the motions here, 50-50 or whatever. 
I want someone who's passionate, that's isolating a certain tendency. And they, and they went and self-reflected last night and said, hey, this is positive. Hey, this is negative. Hmm. What am I doing on my positives that I'm not doing my negatives? Or what am I doing on my negatives that I'm not doing my positives? Because it's often that. It's often too much. It's often excessive. Um, but it takes a lot more rigor, right? It's a rigorous track. It's a road less traveled, if you will. And people wonder why they get passed up. And they wonder why there's Kobe Bryant's and Tiger Woods of the world that are the best in the world and they're sustainable. Roger Federer, these people come to mind, Serena Williams, because they really, they don't really talk about it. It's just, it's their process. It's part of their life and they're always trying to refine it. They're never married to it. Um, and I think that that is what makes and breaks people. If you can't figure that out, good luck. You better have a, a lot more talent than me because I'm going to outwork you and I'm going to do it with a purpose. Um, so I want to touch on one more thing. This is a tough time, coach. Um, there's a lot of high school seniors right now. I get DM'd frequently right now. I would say a few times a day with a sob story about, woe is me, I have no offers. Um, especially with this early national sign day in December, you know, kids really get kind of stir crazy over winter break. And now there's an upcoming February national sign day like there always has been. And after that day, kids feel really left out, right? Um, so in 19 years coaching, a majority of my specialists personally coach have committed weeks and even months after this Wednesday signing day. Recruiting is tough. It's a very tough business and specialists are often served last, almost always, I should say. Um, can you explain a recruiting timeline in general and how there's still opportunities after this national sign day? Well, you know, a lot of kids uh, were get. you could see on uh, the Twitter accounts and the DMs that you get. There was a, after the early, early days, the early signing day that there was uh, some kids going, oh, geez, I didn't get one. I'm uh, yeah. And then, you know, now you see this uptick with the, the February signing. But the big thing is you and I talked about it earlier with the number of schools that are out there. You know, and, and you can add in the NAIs and the JUCOs. But remember, the, the lower numbers are at the top where the, where the scholarships are. And like I said earlier, if you perform, especially as a specialist, because op times are op times, execution of the kick and having the proper technique and of punting and hang times and all of that and kickoff yardage and whatever, all of that is documented and it's there. If you perform, they're going to find you. They're going to find you. Eventually they will find you or you will get an opportunity. I mean, to blow our own horn a little bit, we've had we've had kids that have had pro days, Division three kids that have gone for pro days, punters, kickers. Um, and the thing of it is, yeah, they get a tryout and they get a look at, but that's an opportunity. And that if you're if you get an opportunity like that, that's awesome, man. That that's that says, hey, somebody saw something, somebody realized something, and you got your chance. Um, you know, a lot of times kids need to understand that uh, it's you're going to you're going to have an opportunity because there's going to be a college out there 
that needs a good specialist. Okay. And the I as in recruiting, some play some teams are going to have that early look because they it's a it's a big necessity. And then there's some that are going to bring kids in that are developing, that they're going to bring in and develop. And you just have to be willing to look at the academic part of it first. Make sure you've got a place that's going to be a place that you can, and you mentioned the transfer portal, that is that is the wild, wild west right now. And you have to, as a, as a, as a parent of three and a coach, I'm gonna say this, find the right place academically first so that you're happy and not worried about where am I going next. Make sure that you work, worry about getting prepared for the next 40 years so that you have that degree to hang your hat on and be a strong, start strong, finish even stronger. And no matter what you do and the choice that you make, make sure that you're putting your future ahead of what you want to, what you think is a quick set goal. Yeah. And I think I just want to touch on that and saying that it's not over until it's over. I mean, I've had my best kid ever as far as on paper, freshman All-American, and he was consensus All-American his last year, was a Eastern Illinois commit, and it wasn't until the third week in March. So that's six and a half weeks after that national signing period. And I remember we he was a 2000, I want to say 14 high school grad. So maybe, maybe 12, what does, regardless, he had about six kids in his class that were FCS, FBS. We had, we were good. We were 11th in the country that year. And all of his buddies were signing these big deals, but these were running backs and quarterbacks and left tackles and, you know, as essential core positions who were three and four star kids. Um, and I had to explain to him, you're different, right? You're really good, and if if you continue to, to just to believe something will come about, something will come about. And what he did was he kind of just kept going out in the field, getting like four or five balls a day, dropping it on Twitter, just being consistent with it. And sure enough, when the dust settled at EIU, and he was there for Jimmy G's last year, right? That was his entering year, so whatever that math is. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a heck of an experience, right? He was a freshman All-American, man. I mean, he started with – I think he went 18 and 19 or something crazy. And what he loved about it was he realized, man, I had that. And I would have had that on an SEC field, a Pac-12 field, a Big 12 field, because it's the same op time requirements, right? It's the same uh, line of scrimmage. To my knowledge, it's the same 18 feet, six inches wide. All these things are the same, right? And your conditions are harder than most. You're in Illinois. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Right? So – so I think people, like you said, you said it a couple times today. I think what's fortunate about technology and how globalization is occurring and the world's getting smaller is if you're good and you're talented and whatever we're talking about, not even football, someone is going to see you if you if you just stay the course and you stay consistent, right? And you wake up every day with a positive mindset and, and an attitude like, hey, something can and will go wrong today, but it's how I respond to this, right? That's very important. That's the old Lou Holtz. Uh... 1090 rule. 10% is what happens to you each day and 90% how you uh, react to it. I love it. Okay. Amen. ER, there's another one out there, ERO. 
and it all comes back, you know, everybody has their little acronyms and stuff, but the bottom line is you're in control. What are you, what are you going to let bother you today? What are you going to stay, stay up with and, and push yourself forward with? Agreed. I mean, no one's really going to get you to where you want to be, but you, and that's the scary thing is um, if you're waiting for someone to help you, um, it's going to get, you're going to get less and less help as you get older, right? There's, you got to start helping others eventually. Um, so, so uh, I want to finish with this. Uh, just tell us a little more about ripping college football and a little more about the school too. Okay. Well, uh, we are a division three liberal arts college in East central Wisconsin. Um, we are a approximately 800 to 900 students. Uh, and we're at a, uh, about a 15 to one student teacher ratio. Uh, we offer about 80 uh, plus areas of study. Um, we have a number of very strong programs uh, for our student athletes. Um, and uh, we average a class size of about 20 and uh, pretty close to 50% of our enrollment are student athletes. Um, we have an outstanding uh, facility that uh, called the Wilmore Center that allows our student athletes to train. Uh, we have a, uh, we just had a 20, 23.5, I believe, million dollar renovation of that to make that the Wilmore Center. And a couple of years ago, it opened in, I believe, 17 or 18. And uh, it's, our kids just love it. I mean, we're actually growing to the point where uh, it's starting to push push at the walls. We've got an indoor track that um, we're able to actually run uh, walkthroughs and stuff like that if, if the weather is inclement, which it does get here once in a while. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a great facility. Um, the school is, uh, I had one parent say, Wow, this is a a vintage school with with a, a vitalization a vital feeling to it, and and that's that was pretty cool. I, I our buildings, you know, we've been here since uh, the late 18, 1800s and and uh, we've had we've got some very historic buildings. They're actually in the historical registry, and uh, but uh, we've got twenty first twenty first century uh technology our our programs are all and curriculum and faculty are always working to get it better um get a quality education uh pretty good value for the buck um and uh we love the facility we love the kids that are in our program i mean the guys that are in our program they you know everybody talks about the brotherhood and this and that our guys are, they, they are a true family. I mean, they look out for each other. Uh, they bring, they take care of guys when uh, they need it. And in today's society with all the stuff that's going on um, and all the different things that people have to deal with, that more than anything is important. And that is the ability to be a servant leader. And our guy, we promote that with our program is servant leadership. 
uh, Coach Rick Coles is uh, our offensive line coach. Um, he, uh, him and I both uh, try to get our guys to get out and do things and, and support each other and support the community. Um, our head coach, Ron Ernst, uh, is in his 31st year. And uh, he, uh, he has a very um, good grasp on family and values and uh, got a dynamic staff that we, uh, we, we get after each other and get after it. But uh, it's, it's a neat place to be. And like I said, I've, I'm going on my 16th year here, uh, all as a part-time coach. And uh, I, I love it, man. It's it's awesome. I get to do what I love to do. Uh, I've been I've been involved with special teams since I was uh, since I was in high school, being a long snapper. But uh, I wasn't I wasn't good enough to to kick or punt, but I could uh, I could zip it zip it through (laughs) so yeah and that you know that's that's uh that's another thing that you know i i we talk about the specialists a lot i'm just going to make this point um there's a lot of a lot of kids out there uh that don't realize how important the other parts of the special teams are to the success of that long snapper, holder, kicker, punter. And that is the guys who protect them and the guys who cover for them. It it makes them look even better. And those are the guys that, uh, you know, it comes down to that pinch hit mentality, being productive on that one at bat and uh, being versatile enough to get it done. I'm going to go back to your relationships before I close and say that, if you have these relationships formed through, you know, the daily grind, if you will, the classroom support, uh, maybe a study session at night, uh, maybe going to a movie with your, your position group. Um, I think people are inclined to fight for you, whether it be the perfect hold, the perfect snap, excellent guard play in the interior, right? Excellent perimeter play at the end and wing relationship. I I don't think that you're going to get, perfect protection if they don't care about you or care for you. And I think it's up to you to make certain that they care for you. And and that's by, Mm -hmm. that's by, that's through your attitude. That's through showing these guys that are playing on offense, defense, that you are doing something productive. You may not have to go run around and do sprints and go hit and get an inside drill, but you should value your time because it's essentially your team's time and they need you to be productive in that time because on Saturday, we'd like to know that you gave everything we gave in your own way. And I think that's the disconnect sometimes is an offensive lineman looks over and sees a punter doing nothing, absolutely nothing, not stretching, not punting, not doing his drops, not going to get watered, nothing, right? So when we see that enough, I'm not as inclined to, to do a lot for him, right? And we could go on and on about that, but it's really relatable to what you talked about earlier. And I want to finish with asking you to please, before I let you go, share um, a few ways the audience can reach you. uh, Should they have any follow-up questions? Sure. Um, You know, to reach me, uh, the easiest way is probably to reach out on Twitter at Coach M. Schmidt, S-E-H-M-I-T-T. And... Then either uh, my email is 
S-C-H-M-I-T-T-M at ripon.edu. And if they forget any of that, they can go to our website, go to our coaching staff uh, page, and both of those contact pieces are there, along with uh, the rest of our staff, like Coach uh, Marshall, who's our OC, and our culture guy. And our this guy is Mr. Energizer Bunny, Coach Petkoff and, and Coach Yoder and Coach Luke and Coach Madigan. Those guys are all such great guys, and they're, we're all on that webpage. And uh, those guys that are interested in looking at Ripon College, hey, we, we'd love to have you join us. Love to have you take, come to Wisconsin and, and be part of our community and our family means a lot to me and it means a lot to everyone at fourth down focus that you're able to share this information um canon definitely will benefit performance both on and off the field and that's a, that's very important to me with this show is i think it's, it's it's more than football because if you're doing the things outside of football it translates back to football so please give us a five-star rating a review subscribe to the show share it with a friend if you have questions for the podcast or suggestions for future topics and guests or if you just have feedback for me you can reach me several ways. My website is fourthdownu. That's four t h d o w n u dot com. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter is at fourthdownu, and on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me by simply searching Dan Space Lundy L U N D Y. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest, and I hope 2022 is treating each of you well. Remember, in all things, give thanks. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.